0: Welcome to the Clear Admit MBA Admissions Podcast. I'm your host, Graham Richmond, and this special episode is a continuation of our very popular Admissions Director Q&A series. Today, I am thrilled to welcome Emily Hayden from the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University. Emily's title is Interim Assistant Dean of Admissions and Financial Aid, and she has been at Kellogg since 2016 and served in a number of roles there. Emily also has a degree in economics from Eastern Illinois University. Welcome, Emily.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Graham. Thrilled to be here.
0: It's my pleasure. Um, so we have a lot of questions to dive into, and I know our listeners are really excited to hear all about Kellogg and you know the admissions process there. Um, but if we could start with just some background, I'd love for you to tell me about sort of the path that led you to your current role at Kellogg.
1: Yes, so my path to Kellogg certainly has not been a linear one. Maybe some prospective students can relate to that. Out of undergrad, I started in the financial services industry on the consumer side and spent about 10 years there. I then made a left-hand turn and joined a large corporation working in operations and supply chain management, and from there, after a few years, I hung a right and ended up at this exciting intersection of business, strategy, and higher education we call admissions. And I joined Kellogg in early 2016 as the director of admissions for the evening and weekend MBA program. Then in 2019, I had the pleasure of adding the executive MBA to my purview. And as just a couple of weeks ago, began serving as the interim assistant dean of admissions and financial aid across all the degree programs.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's an exciting kind of path. And you just get gathering more and more, um, you know, kind of degree programs under your purview, which is great. And I know I know that you're kind of, um, it's sort of recent in the sense that you now have everything kind of under your purview. So we'll, we'll go easy on you, you know, to the extent that we can. <laughs>
1: I appreciate that.
0: But I did want to know, I mean, you know, you've seen this sort of, you know, the different programs at Kellogg, and you probably had a lot of interesting, um, you know, kind of angles that you've seen stuff through. But I wanted to know, like, what do you like about this work? And, and also, if you don't mind, like, what do you dislike?
1: So I am humbled and energized by our students every day and having the honor of delivering the good news is by far the best part of my job. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, uh, again, like I said, humbled by the extraordinary extraordinarily talented individuals that, that apply to Kellogg. And I truly love getting to know them through their application process and through engaging with them at events. And to contrast that, um, the dislike is easy and, um, that is having to render an unfavorable decision. Um, attending, I believe attending Kellogg is a transformational experience, both personally and professionally for our students. And after getting to know applicants through these interactions and their application, it's never easy to deny someone the opportunity to be part of this incredible community.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, I can imagine. And I know I used to read files at a top MBA program, too, and it's... Um... Yeah, it's challenging because you really get to know all these people and, and that's the fun of it. But then it's also, yeah, just letting them off easy is, is sometimes challenging.
1: It's like the blessing. It's like the blessing in the curse, right? We have um, a finite number of seats and way too many applicants. Sure. And then we have available seats. So it's uh, that's the tough part of the job.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so... Can you tell me, I've asked everyone that we've talked to on the show to do this, but I would love to hear, like, what's a Kellogg stereotype that you would like to debunk?
1: So I think um, probably the biggest one is about our marketing, marketing reputation. And though our general management and marketing reputation is strong and academically is strong, it's not the only thing we do well or why students choose Kellogg. For example, we've seen increased interest in our healthcare and entrepreneurship programming year over year and increased employment outcomes in the finance and technology sectors in the the recent years. Um, There's also the myth that Kellogg students stay in the Midwest post MBA. And actually in 2020, a third of our students accepted jobs on the West Coast more than any other region in the United States. Wow. And I think there's also myths around what it means to be a Kellogg leader. Um, Kellogg develops empathetic leaders, which should not be confused with being soft. Mm -hmm. And we enter, you know, we develop these leaders to energize and inspire those around them. And, um, to leave Kellogg with a special combination of analytical, creative, and social intelligence.
0: That makes sense, too. I, I think it's interesting how, you know, candidates... I, I don't know if it's because they're they're just looking to grasp onto stuff as they travel through the admissions process, but they love to sort of stereotype programs. And, you know, I always think of Kellogg as being just a great all-around MBA program in, in many different, you know, disciplines. And we talk a lot about healthcare and entrepreneurship and, and sure, marketing and, and general management, too... But it, it does seem like sometimes it's just like the easy way to kind of label things. And I think it's great that um, you're pointing this out. And even the, the information about candidates heading or graduates heading to the West Coast and just the variety of opportunities that are open to people. So thanks for helping to kind of <laughs> debunk some of that stuff. Um, tell me about, I, I know that you know, my, my understanding is that you know, people are back on campus now um, and, you know, so I'm just wondering, like, what's something new that's happening or maybe forthcoming on campus that you wish more people knew about?
1: Hmm, very timely question. So this fall, we welcome our inaugural, inaugural cohort of MBAI students, and they'll begin their Kellogg journey in partnership with McCormick and start their coursework that is wholly integrated into AI and data science with business and management skills to prepare them for leadership roles. We are also thrilled this fall to welcome the class of 2023, which is making Kellogg history with the highest ever GPA average of 3.7, highest representation of women at 49%. Wow. And a record high of 23% underrepresented minorities. And um, we are also thrilled that many of our incoming students have just returned from Quest, which is, which is, we have acronyms for everything at Kellogg, but that stands for Kellogg Worldwide Exploration Student Trips, which they go on before they start class. And this year due to COVID, all the Quest trips were in the US, but incoming students were still able to experience this unique introduction to our culture they um, go on week-long, non-academic trips and start with a short period where students refrain from sharing some aspects of their background so that they can intentionally bond on a more personal level. And then shortly thereafter, they celebrate learning about each other's full identities. And we've seen instances of business partners forming over Quest trips and graduating students mention Quest as one of their favorite Kellogg experiences
0: I'm really happy to hear that that's kind of back on right because you know I wasn't sure I know that's like a hallmark feature of like the sort of beginning of the Kellogg journey for the full-time MBAs and yeah so that's great Um, that's exciting
1: we also yeah we also speaking of returning in person we're also hosting a number of Kellogg preview days for prospective students with a variety of programming that there's also components that will be in person and virtual so that um, they can participate in a class and connect with current students and the student organizations to learn about the culture and really explore our portfolio of programs. So that's also happening this fall.
0: Wow, that's good to know. And and I have a question later that I wanted to ask you actually about, you know, kind of COVID and how that's impacting, you know, both day-to-day campus stuff, but also for prospective students. So we'll, I'll, I'll hold off on that and I'll ask you. <laughs> um, but okay. that's interesting to know. Um, tell me, let's dive in a little bit on kind of the application side of things. And I just wondered if you could kind of walk us through the life of an application. You know, candidates pour a lot of hours into making, you know, writing their essays, putting together their application, and then they press submit. And often you know, there's this sort of waiting period and they're just, I think they would love to know like what's happening on your side. Like how does the reading process begin and how do we get through, you know, to decisions being rendered?
1: Yes. I really appreciate this question because I I see maybe that's also something I dislike about my job, which is that the business school application process in general really lacks transparency. And I tend to be a very transparent person, (laughs) um, and so not being able to, you know, share detail with everyone is, is challenging. Um, and we are acutely aware that by the time an applicant clicks submit, that they've put extensive time and effort into their application. Maybe they've taken the GMAT or the GRE a couple times, a few times. And so our goal is to give every application a very thorough review, every application. Maybe this is another myth to be busted, but every application does get read. (laughs) (laughs) And we we take our time to read through the entire application so that we can take a holistic view of the applicant and get to know them as much as possible. And um, we also have a video essay which is fairly unique. And uh, we seek to interview all applicants. And so through the holistic review process and from interactions with the admissions team through our virtual events or in-person events when those are happening, um, we read the application, we seek to interview all applicants, and everyone is invited to participate in the video essay. And then all of these viewpoints come together, ensuring that we are giving the application a full review without bias and understanding all aspects of an applicant and what they will bring to Kellogg and what they hope to get out of the MBA experience.
0: Excellent. So um, while we're kind of on the subject of the application and sort of how it travels you know, through the process, I wondered if you had any tips about The essay portion of the application because that is something that candidates are always, you know, they're spending a lot of time on it. They're curious to know how to approach. So, any tips about, you know, how one should approach these application essays?
1: So, we definitely want to get to know the candidates beyond their test scores and their resume. And the essays are a great opportunity to go beyond what one does for a living and show us the how and the why. How do they solve problems? How do they interact with teams? What are the values they hold important to them? And what circumstances in their life have molded them into the person they are today? That all goes into somebody's story It makes them unique and of course adds um, incredible diversity into the business school classroom. And this allows us to get to know them and understand what they can bring to the classroom in those discussions and then envision how the Kellogg MBA could be a catalyst for them in their life. And I think the most common mistake I see is when candidates tell us what they think we want to hear. And I, I think this could lead to us not understanding how their career goals fit with their past experiences or a potentially misunderstanding of even why they want to get an MBA in the first place. So, I always recommend that candidates, um, they wanna make sure their essays represent them and anyone could write a similar essay or um, we really want them to give us insights into how they think and they work. And as long as they're on that track, they're, they're probably moving in the right direction. Um, another like very tangible piece of advice I give people is to write the essays and give it to someone you trust and don't tell them what kind what the question is you're trying to answer and then when they're done ask them for feedback and ask them what they think is the question you're trying to answer with your essay and if they get anywhere in the ballpark you're probably on the right path.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's great advice. And it's funny because it's a recurring theme. You know, I've been talking to other, you know, admissions deans and um, it's a subject that, you know, this just sort of answer the question stuff that comes up a lot, which leads me to believe that <laughs> candidates are, I think sometimes maybe candidates are like, maybe they're trying to shoehorn one essay that they wrote for another school into, you know, into another school's question or something, but I, I could not agree more, like answer the question. and And that's a great way to think of it in terms of getting someone to read it without sharing the question with them. That's the perfect way to know if you're on track. So um, excellent, excellent advice. Um, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the fact that you don't devote an essay to candidates' career plans or, you know, specific interest in your program. Like, what would you say to someone who really wants to convey their passion for Kellogg in the application process? Where, where are they gonna do that? Or like, what's the design in terms of the way that you've set this up?
1: So there are a couple of opportunities within the online application that the candidate can tell us um, uh, about their biggest career accomplishment, what they are most proud of. We ask what their short-term career goals are and then also their long-term career goals. Also, that is likely to be a question in an interview. And um, in terms of the um, conveying their passion, I think the video essay has been a great addition to our application process and a great way for candidates to show who they are, give us an authentic glimpse into their personality and their goals and why they're interested in Kellogg, And this is great because it's available to anyone no matter where they're located in the world and we're proud to be one of the only schools with this component in our application and actually this year we've added a new video essay question that invites students to share a story about challenges they've encountered and how they've presented resiliency throughout the process as the world grows in complexity we believe it's increasingly important for leaders to be able to navigate challenges and lead through uncertainty. And um, the video essay is the last thing we view as part of the evaluation process after we've learned all about their background, their accomplishments, their goals and dreams. And so this is a really great way for applicants to convey their passion to us.
0: Got it, okay. Um, Tell me about the interview process. At Kellogg. I mean, I know you mentioned earlier that you try to interview all candidates, um, and that is unique. And so I just wondered not only sort of how does the process work, but like how might one best prepare for it?
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And we do seek to interview as many applicants as possible because teamwork and collaboration are cornerstones of the Kellogg experience. And our interviews are behavioral based. And we recommend candidates become familiar with the STAR interview response method, many of which are probably prepared for a job interview in this way, uh, which the STAR method typically requires a description of a particular situation and how they navigated through it. And we suggest candidates practice giving their answers in this format so that the interviewer can understand how they think, how they work with others, and how they will arrive at a solution. I also suggest taking the time to reflect on their own story and experiences. And they will want to have a variety of stories to share from various viewpoints, uh, various points throughout their career, not just those they wrote about in the essays. Um, Because remember, we're taking a very holistic approach. So if I'm reading the same stories from their essays as in their interview report, Uh, becomes a little bit redundant. We want to hear some variety. Mm -hmm. And also my last tip is just to be your authentic self. Um, It's helpful to prepare, but you also don't want to be so over-rehearsed in either the interview or the video essay that we don't get a sense of who you really are. And while we highly value the interview, it is important for applicants to remember that it is just one component of us getting to know them as applicants.
0: And could you, I mean, I guess one of the things I'm thinking about as well is because you're, you know, you try to interview as many people as you can, what, like, what does the interviewer know in advance about the candidate? Because I, I guess in some cases, are the interviews happening before someone's submitted an app or like, is is it a, what we would kind of call a blind interview that's just sort of resume based or what's going on with that with respect to that? Like how much information does the interviewer have?
1: Yes. So just the, just the resume. Okay. So, um, they are conducted post application and the applicant is invited to share their resume in advance. And that is all that the interviewer, all the information the interviewer has about the candidate. So there are, it it eliminates any preconceived notions or any biases, um, for example, they don't know someone's test score or the GPA unless they decide to share it or have it on their resume. Right.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Um, so shifting gears a little bit, I know that you have um, a program, what I would call kind of a deferred enrollment program. Um, Kellogg is it what Kellogg Future Leaders, right? KFL. Correct. Um, mm-hmm. So
1: more acronyms, Graham. <laughs>
0: so what, like who should be focusing on the deferred path to an MBA? And I don't know if you're willing to comment a little bit on, you know, just like, how do you go about assessing those candidates who are coming, you know, from university still, and don't have work experience necessarily in terms of full time.
1: So undergrads who are in their last year of school and majoring in any discipline and also graduate students between, or, um, Undergrads who graduate between October 2021 and September 2020 can apply in the coming year. Okay. And we also accept applications from um, master's degree students who went directly into graduate programs from undergrad. Okay. And you're right, it is a deferred admission, so the Kellogg Future Leaders students will have the fortune of knowing They will have a place secured for them in the Kellogg MBA program before they even leave undergrad and they get to skip the conundrum that so many people face when considering the right time to enter the MBA program down the road. And they'll already be set to, to propel their career forward when they feel the time is right.
0: And in terms of like when you look at those files, is it you know, are, are you kind of, I guess you're relying on what they've accomplished in internships and, and maybe on campus as an undergraduate in terms of, like, outside activities. Is that how you're doing some of the assessment that might ordinarily, you know, be different for a, you know, a traditional candidate who's worked for five years or something?
1: Exactly. It's still a holistic review process, and we are looking for things like extracurricular involvements. And, um, did they take any leadership opportunities in any of the organizations that they might have been a part of, um, internships, um, all those different things, the same things that we would take into consideration for, um, you know, the, someone with work experience, we would, we would take the holistic review process.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Um, I guess the last kind of serious question <laughs> that I have for you is really about COVID and, you know, plans for in-person instruction. And, and you know, I, I wanted to get a sense of um, how much is sort of the student experience back to normal? Um, what are the kind of, you know, what sort of practices are in place in terms of COVID? And also, what about for prospective students? You mentioned earlier in this discussion that, you know, you might be doing some events that would have in-person components on campus. So I, I just wanted to know... Yeah, how's COVID kind of shaping things at this point?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, we welcome back our students this fall to in-person instruction. And I um, just, you know, this morning walked a- across what we call Collaboration Plaza, and it was just thriving and buzzing. It's full of students, which is so exciting to see again. And uh, yes, we're also reinstating on-campus visits in the coming months, and um Anybody who is interested in learning more about Kellogg, in the meantime, we certainly have a full event slate of virtual events, and um, you could attend a virtual campus tour, and we also have preview days planned and scheduled for later this fall.
0: Got it. So yeah, that's great to hear that things are kind of getting back to, to normal a little bit. I know that prospective students will be excited if they can um, down the road here, you know, get get to campus and see your amazing facilities, which um, are <laughs> just, um, it's just interesting to see, um, you know, I mean, th- there have been, obviously, a lot of business schools have constructed new facilities in the last, let's say, 10 years or so. And um, I just always think of Kellogg's because you guys have done an amazing job um, and the location on the lake and just great. So...
1: It, it is an incredible place to work. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so... If you're willing, we have some kind of fun questions that we like to ask. And you know, the idea (laughs) the idea here is to just um this kind of a lightning round, um, silly questions, but just to help our listeners get to know you a little bit and so that they can understand that you are actually a person and not just like sort of a gatekeeper. (laughs) Um so if you're willing, I'll just kind of fire away and you can respond um top of the head kind of stuff here.
1: Okay, Graham. Just take it easy on me, okay? Don't embarrass me.
0: All right, I'll do my (laughs) best. All right, so um, first question is coffee or tea?
1: Oh, both. (laughs) Okay. Coffee, coffee in the morning, tea in the afternoon, and perhaps more coffee in the evening if I have a late event or applications to read.
0: (laughs) Got it. Okay. Um, beach or mountain?
1: Both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love a fun day at the beach with my six-year-old daughter in the summer and then snowboarding in the winter. Um, You know, we have four seasons here in the Midwest, so we've got to have activities for both, for all four.
0: Got it. Yeah, some of these are tough, like, to decide. Um, Are you a morning person or a night owl?
1: Okay, I'm not going to say both. Again, hands down, a morning person. And um, I'm pretty sure my daughter is already annoyed by my cheesy good morning (laughs) one-liners.
0: Got it. Um, What about a pet peeve that you have?
1: My Biggest pet peeve, entitlement.
0: Yeah, that's understandable. And I (laughs) I think, um, yeah, it it makes sense. And I feel like, I remember um, when I was in admissions, we would, you know, sometimes have uh, there was a woman who worked at the front desk who was, um, you know, kind of admin and would help people get checked in and things. And she would kind of keep an eagle eye on people's behavior in the kind of waiting area <laughs> and then report back. And, and and you know, it's just interesting how people would sort of sing one tune when they're like in the waiting area and then they walk in for maybe their interview or to meet with a senior person and they were very different. So um, that kind of stuff always bothers me. And <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. it it's It's not just for my job. It's just In life. Yes. You know?
0: Yeah. Understood. Mm -hmm. Um, What about a guilty pleasure?
1: Oh, I am notorious for sending random gifts to catch people off guard and make them laugh and hopefully they're at work during a really important meeting when I send it.
0: <laughs> okay. Like singing telegrams or something or
1: <laughs> like the funny pictures of like people somebody dancing or got it. A a dog making a funny face or something silly. Excellent. Something is really unexpected.
0: <laughs> what is your favorite virtue in others?
1: Oh, wow. So it would be hard to choose just one. Um, kindness, grit, humility, scrappiness, altruism, mental toughness, EQ, work ethic. (laughs) I could go on and on.
0: Okay. Those are all really good virtues and kind of opposite of entitlement. Some of them, (laughs) right? So, (laughs) um, What about a happy place, somewhere you love to go to kind of mellow or...
1: Probably hanging out at home uh, in the backyard, barbecuing with friends and family and watching the dogs and the kids run around and play and laugh. Um, I find that this like reminds me to just slow down and appreciate the small moments in life and not to take things too seriously.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, What about a comfort food? Is it barbecue?
1: (laughs) Mac and cheese for sure.
0: Okay. A key side for any barbecue.
1: (laughs) I could make that my whole meal, mac and
0: cheese. Excellent. Um, what about your proudest moment?
1: Ooh. Uh if I'm wearing my mom hat, I would say any moment my daughter demonstrates kindness, resilience, or bravery. If I'm wearing my career hat. I'd say being trusted with my current position as someone without an Ivy League degree or an MBA from a top tier school, like many of our applicants, I've suffered from imposter syndrome (laughs) and, um, I take the responsibility of my work very seriously and really hope to make those that have taken a chance on me over the years. Very proud.
0: Excellent. Uh, what about a regret? Any big regrets that you have?
1: (sighs) I don't, I don't really reflect on regrets. Um, well, I've made a lot of regrettable decisions in my life, (laughs) Graham. Haven't we all? Uh, I feel like they've molded me into the person that I am today. And so I just try to learn something from every mistake. And so I guess in a way I'm thankful for all those mistakes, good or bad, um, because they've made me better.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what about, is there anything you would change about how you were raised?
1: <laughs> well, since my mom will probably listen to this podcast, I'll, <laughs> I'll say nothing um, except for you shouldn't have made me eat so much asparagus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're not a fan.
1: Um, in all seriousness, though, I was, I was raised in a small Midwestern town without a lot of diversity. And there, there wasn't a lot of diversity in ethnic backgrounds, race, religion, sexual orientation. And I didn't start to learn about and appreciate the differences in others until I went to college. And, you know, I contrast that with the way my daughter's being raised in a melting pot like Chicago, where she has friends of all different races, friends with two moms, and is exposed to families who are very different from us mm-hmm. and... It's awesome to watch and to be a part of with her.
0: Yeah, that sounds special. And I think, you know, you're, I guess you're, your mom can't be too angry about this one because it's not, you know, it's not like she did something wrong, you know. just <laughs> Excellent. What about a superpower that you wish you had?
1: Oh, I don't know what one might call this, but if I could like wave a magic wand and eliminate all the bad things that happen to children and animals in the, this world, that would be my superpower.
0: Okay, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> um, we've had like all kinds of variety of people, you know, responses on this question as we've been recording, you know, the the show. So that that's an interesting one. Um, uh, let's see, just a couple more for you. You've been incredibly patient here. Um, <laughs> which which part of the Kellogg admissions process would you most like to skip if you were applying today?
1: Oh, I'm sure this is uh, no secret. I would skip studying for the GMAT. <laughs> No more GMAT. You could just take it off
0: the application. Yeah. If we were doing Family Feud here, that would be the survey says number one. Yeah, that's what everyone <laughs> <laughs> says on this one. Um, what about uh, – this is the last question, I promise. What's the best thing that you've read or watched or, or listened to recently?
1: Oh, wow. You know, I just watched Hidden Figures. Mm-hmm. I think it came out like four or five years ago with the, the women at NASA. I mean, I just – Loved that movie. Yeah,
0: it is terrific.
1: I, I recently finished um, the book, Never Split the Difference, and I'm just starting to read um, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. And then my all, my favorite go-to podcast is um, the Big Payoff podcast with one of our um, professors, Suzanne Mewshin. And of course, the Clear Admin podcast.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, but although, you know, I don't know, we don't hold a candle to, um, you know, the big payoff. That's a good podcast. So, <laughs> so
1: good.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Um, so Emily, I really appreciate you making time to come on the show. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting. And I know you're busy because you've kind of recently come into the role. And so you probably have a million and one things to be doing. So I, I absolutely appreciate you making time to connect um, and I know that our listeners have gained a ton of insight from everything that you've shared about Kellogg and the, you know, the admissions process. Um, so just, yeah, really appreciate you coming on the show.
1: And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. It's been a real pleasure. Uh,
0: so folks, that's a wrap on this episode of the Clear Admit MBA Admissions Podcast. Please stay tuned for more Q&As with admissions directors and for our weekly Wiretaps episodes. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't request that you rate and review this show wherever you listen.